thank you. How are you all? Good, thank you. Um, have you got any tips for us punters? How do we beat the bookmakers? Uh, let me think about that. Mostly bet with me because I get it wrong so frequently. <laughs> <laughs> Um, have you done the form today? Like, are you, are you missing these country cups and and heading out to the, to these race days? Missing them? I drive by the parks and, and just look through the window at them. What are you kidding? It's <laughs> terrible. Yeah, well, we had you on uh, last week, Warren, and we we didn't spend long enough with you. And you were talking about, you know, you normally head up to Benalla Cup Day for their cup meeting, and you you frequent, you know, all the country cups. You would have been to, you would have nearly ticked off all the country cups, wouldn't you have? Um, well, they have a, a rule that it's tough to get into them, but everyone I've ever been able to get into, I, I actually have stopped at Dunkeel and St. Arnold and just, like, looked at the facilities, even though I've, I haven't gotten into those. But pretty much everything else I, I now get into. So, um, hey, Dunkeel, if you're listening, I'd love to come. Where do you hail from originally? What, what state over there? I'm originally from Florida. My father was the tennis player at the Boca Raton Hotel, uh, and I grew up in Boca Raton, Florida. Well, you know how there's all these country cups around here that you obviously try to get to? Uh, what, what in Florida, like we know Gulfstream Park, for instance, and maybe one or two others, are, are there racetracks dotted around Florida, or are there three or four signature tracks? No, it's a, uh, it used to have a lot of tracks. It used to have Hialeah, which is one of the most beautiful tracks in the world, that's gone to seed. It used to have uh, in Calder. So you had three in the Miami area. Then you had Pompano Park Harness in about 20 minutes north. And then you really had to go to Orlando or Tampa for the next, which is you know three and a half hours or four hours up the road. And then you probably only had about eight tracks in the whole state. Well, the inaugural Pegasus World Cup was at Gulfstream Park, and just describe it, Warren, say for, for Maggie, who may not have seen much of Gulfstream Park, it's got this beautiful, how do you describe it? It's got this pink hue with all these buildings, and it's very Mexican or Spanish-looking. What to Describe actually, Gulfstream no, Park that, to that us. That actually is, uh, is Hialeah, which has a hundred and, you know, thousands of flamingos in the infield. Gulfstream's still beautiful, because most of South Florida architecture is Spanish, but um, it's it's a beautiful track. It's got, you know, a big lake in the middle, and then you have the dirt track on the outside and the grass track to the inside. And Warren, you, you made the trek over to Australia, and we heard about all your great stories with your good mate John McEnroe last week, but how did you get involved in bookmaking? And your father is a bookmaker based there in Sydney. How did you get involved, and what's the family history there? Well, the funny thing was my father played tennis professionally. He grew up in Sydney. He was a, a Sydney boy originally. And I actually was, amazingly enough, playing college golf. I was playing on a college golf team and got in a fight with my coach in Hawaii and just decided I'm not going back because I was really there just to play golf. I wasn't there, you know, for the education. And I decided to uh, head over to Australia and see Dad. And Dad had taken out a bookmaking license about, you know, five days earlier, not quite, but a very brief time before. And he said, do you want to go home or do you want to go to Gosford? And I said, I'll go home. I'm tired. And he said, you're coming to Gosford because uh, I don't have any staff. And my first day in Australia, I went to Gosford. I was the penciler. I was the bagman. And my dear father said, how are we doing? And I said, I have no idea. He says, well, how do we know? I said, 
But what's in the bag at the end of the day? Because I've only got about one out of six bets in the ledger. <laughs> hey, well, I always want to know this. Like, if I wanted to be a bookmaker, what would I have to do? Uh, well, first you have to get an examination from a medical professional to see what's wrong with you. Yes. <laughs> um, but after you do that, you would basically go to the Victorian Bookmakers Association and you would apply. You'd have to put your financials forward to say that, you know, you could honor the risks that you take. Uh, and then the board would bring you in. They would force you to have worked so many meetings as a clerk. Um, to get a license, and then they would grandchildren, and for lack of a better word, I don't know what the classes are, but it's basically a provincial license where you you know can only work at certain places uh, until you prove that you're not going to be a sort of detriment to the industry. Okay. So it, it's so different, though. Like, I reckon the last bastion for on-course bookmakers is the picnic racing circuit because uh, there's no tote. But bookmaking itself, Warren, has just changed so much in the last 20 years, hasn't it? It's unrecognisable from, from the days that it was. It's, not, it's probably not better or worse, but it's more challenging than it used to be and a lot different, isn't it? Well, I think, I think it's different. I don't think it's worse. That, you know, I mean, everyone says the numbers are down, but the simple reality is is that I think a lot of my colleagues, and I don't mean any disrespect to them, don't understand what business they're in. You know, they think they're in a business of, of just flat numbers. And the reality is we're in the customer service business. And, you know, the people that come to the races expect a good product, which they get. The product's the best in the country. But they also expect to have a little fun. And when they walk up and want to say hello – they don't really want you to snarl at them and say, you know, go away. And too many on-course bookies just a little bit have the, I'm looking at my things and I'm not interested in the, it's just the, the little, I mean, a lot are great, but, you know, just that thing of saying, like I say to every customer, good luck. And they always, a lot of them say, oh, yeah, right, like you want my horse to win. Well, I, when I hand you the bet, I don't know if I'll want it or don't want it when they jump. But it doesn't change the fact that it's like selling your car, you know. You sell your car and you really hope the guy who buys it has a good experience with it. There was there was a bookie at like City Meetings years ago. It was either Jack Hurry or Ray Boundy, and I never understood what he was saying. He was saying something like, all odds I'll lay, but I kept thinking he was saying, any odds you like? Like, okay. any odds you like? And I kept thinking, why don't we just keep betting with this? Like, yeah. you name your price. This is when we were school kids, you know, going Especially to the race. Especially you. Yeah, so you had to understand. But he was like a He was one of the characters of the turf, of the track, Warren. Like, you know, in the days when there used to be crazy characters at the track, most of the crazy characters were the bookies, you know, and the, and the yeah, crazy no, punters. No, I, I agree with you. And actually what he was saying is boards, uh, board odds I lay. Yes. Which Not any odds you, you like, like I thought he was saying. <laughs> hey, hey, and if you guys don't have them, the VBA put out a wonderful book a couple of years called Board Odds I Lay, and I'll get you guys copies if you don't have it, a little bit about the history of the bookies in the VBA over the last 100-plus years. Are you going to take us on here or not? No, I don't know. On our website at woodcockracing.com, we're currently 250. So, okay. Um, Happy days. I, I hope that, I hope that uh, he's not correct because we definitely are going to take it on, as we are going to take on the favorite in the cup later in the day, uh, race seven, 
uh, we're taking on the favorite. I don't even know how to say it. Number face four. toss. Face toss. That's the one. Yeah. Oh well. Um, so that means like so the bookmakers there. You you're still being able to conduct your business even through this time when when you can't get to the track. Well, we've got we've gone online, and uh, you know it's it's good, but the reality is it isn't. It doesn't have the joy. And I know that sounds stupid to a lot of people to hear me say, but I really like a lot of. I've heard from guys that are not going back when you know because they're going to stick online. Well, you know, the first time they let us back on the track, I will be the first guy there um, because I just love the experience. I met Maggie. At the track, and I was trying to think of it today. I think it was either Bendigo, and then I saw where I remember seeing it was she suddenly popped out of the woodworks. I think at Menangatang one day. Okay, there you go. Yeah, well, I think uh, Warren, you've probably travelled more than me. I know I, I seem to go to a lot of these, but you've definitely done more than me. But um, yeah, no, it's it, I, and I, I do commend you for that. I, you said about presenting yourself, and you run in, you're in the customer service game. Always, your staff look. Well presented, well mannered, and they are customer service. So obviously, that's something you pride yourself on and your business. We do, and and you know, even myself, I take a great deal of pride that anyone who walks up and says hello or makes the effort to just say, "Hey, I heard you." Like anyone who hears us on this when we go back, come up to the stand, get one of our hats, you know, but just say hello. I let meet the people who come to the races and. Uh, so, by the way, someone's listening to you. Someone just had 2000 on Raise Them Up at uh, the 250. Now, okay. now I've just gone to 260, which I gave him. So, you've, you've actually gone higher. Um, I I, I've you... gone higher. I, I went to 260, right. um, and now it's probably going to settle right there, and someone else has just jumped in that 400 on it. At the two six, Harry, <laughs> just, he's probably just thinking this is too good to be true. Hey, stay with us, um, Warren, if that's okay. We'll watch this race and then come back. As long as you want me. Oh, Thanks. Good on you, Warren. Here's Adam. Thanks. Listen, the blind squirrel gets the nut every once in a while. No, you're too good. Now, Manny wants – he's keen to ask you some questions about some of the – I'll let you describe. Yeah, yeah. And Maggie, I drew Maggie into my little world with uh, a doco on Ruffy in the other day. Warren, I've become, I never liked American racing with the dirt and the kickback and how they all rode crazy and flat out all the way. But I started on YouTube watching all these docos and I've become hooked. I started with Manowar, then Secretariat, then Seattle Slough, then Ruffian. And then I watched one on Forgo the other night. And the one that really got me was Ruffian. And I'd never heard of Ruffian. And I watched this doco on Ruffian. And Maggie here, um, I made her watch it last week as part of her homework. And, uh, she sent me a teary eyed text afterwards because it's such an emotional story. What a, what amazing rich history there are, there is connected to, um, these amazing American horses. And it coincides with American history as well. Like, Ruffian came along, Warren, at the time of um, Women's Lib, and this doco was great. They, they interviewed everyone in the crowd for the match race with foolish pleasure, and it was who was on the boy and who was on the girl horse, and it was all this backdrop of American history. What are your memories of Ruffian, or what, what, what did you? What do you know about Ruffian? Well, the funny thing was, I know I, I actually watched that match race. I was very young; I think it was about nineteen seventy-six. Yep. If my memory serves me. About that, yeah. Um, and uh, they raced in a match race against Foolish Pleasure, had won the Kentucky Derby. And the reality was she looked like she was going to win, and she broke down. 
And, uh, you know, it was very, very sad. But uh, it was a great era for American horse racing. I mean, Secretariat's one of four people, things that have ever been on the cover of Time, Sports Illustrated, and Life magazine in the same week. And then the doco I saw, it coincided with uh, the Nixon debacle as well. And it was all about how American needed an innocent hero because of all the government corruption and all that. And then Secretariat came along and that's why he got on the cover of Time because he represented something different than, than what was going on. And, uh, and Ruffian was the same sort of story. And, and the, the fascinating thing with Seattle Slough was, I don't know whether you, you, you're, you're aware of this, but the, um, the owners, the public and the owners were always offside because the the public regarded the owners as being too greedy and they kept racing Seattle Slough when he shouldn't have raced after he won the Triple Crown and everyone turned on the owners of, of Seattle Slough. Were, were you aware of much of the Seattle Slough story? I was not. Um, I do know that he was, I think, a $13,000 purchase that uh, went on and, and won the, the Triple Crown and, you know, was a fantastic course. And I think, uh, again, you know, you didn't prepare me for this, but I think Jean, Jean Cruguet wrote him. Yes, yep. Um, and it was fabulous. And he wore yellow and black, if my brain works. Possibly, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but he was a wonderful, wonderful horse. No, I didn't know that, though. Bookmakers in America, are they have they had the have they got the proud history and are they part of the the American racing culture like they're here in Australia? They're not allowed. Oh, there you go. It's obviously not. <laughs> they um actually they actually passed a law in America about nine months ago that actually has allowed bookmaking other places from Nevada, Las Vegas, and um. Amazingly enough, I actually applied to, a couple of years ago, I applied to do a charity thing at the Kentucky Derby, and it got rejected by the state. And now I've applied actually to, you know, get a license to go, not for, I don't want to work there full time. I just want to go for like a meeting, you know, just to sort of bring it, show what on-course bookmaking would look like. Well, America has to get its sort itself out in the meantime do you sort of despair at what's been going on over there or what's your view of you know corona trump everything that's going over in your, your homeland listen i i it's a terrible thing everywhere corona and from a political point of view uh i'm not very political i i take a very middle of the ground road i just hope that whoever runs the country you know runs it well and and you know is does a, a better job of including everyone. Can you believe, I don't know if you bet on it, but can you believe how popular the presidential election betting is? I, I'm in shock, in all honesty, because I, I have to say, uh, I am standing Joe Biden to lose a fair bit, but not because... How much, Warren? Because I think he could win. How much, you lose? If he, how much are you standing him for? Oh, uh, about eighty thousand. I hate to say, unbelievable. Did the markets change a bit after the the most recent debate? Where God forbid, I think Trump actually held his own a little bit. Did the have the markets adjusted with the debates along the way? Well, I actually posted a few tweets at the first debate where Biden was about a dollar eighty five, and by the end of the debate, he was about a dollar seventy. And then in the last debate, he started a dollar fifty, and he's 
He's still a dollar fifty. Um, you wouldn't believe before South Carolina, where he won South Carolina, Joe Biden was thirty-one dollars to win the Democratic nomination. Now it's it's been fascinating to watch, Warren. We've run out of time.